My name is Emma Martin, and this is the Lazy Keto Mum Podcast. If you are looking for help with keto and low carb, you have come to the right place. How to stay on that wagon? And is there, in fact, a wagon? Or did we just make it a wagon? That's probably more to the point. One of the most famous diet sayings is, oh, I fell off the wagon. But if you view this as a lifestyle and you ate a ton of chocolate, why then does it continue to the next day when actually all you have to do is go, no, I'm going to eat healthy fats to get through that horrible time? Knowing that this takes a little bit of time and knowing that it is a lifestyle where you're making choices for your blood sugar, like that's the key. When you first start this lifestyle, you're like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing and what am I eating? If I'm not eating bread anymore, what am I going to eat? So you were in Maslow's steps and Maslow's steps are basically when you're competent, incompetent. And the first step in Maslow's steps is you are unconsciously incompetent. You don't know what you don't know. You just think you might have to make a few changes, but you don't really know what you're doing. And then all of a sudden you start this, you're a week in, you're like, wow, I got keto flu. I, I didn't know that it was going to be like this, but I still don't really know what to do about it. So now you're consciously incompetent. You actually, now you know what you probably don't know. And what happens, it's like as we're learning to drive, all of a sudden you become consciously competent. It's like, okay, wow, I've got this. I'm doing it. This is great. And all of a sudden you're driving, you might stall it a few times, but you kind of know what you're doing. So now we've been going along a bit. We've been lowering carbs, upping our fats. We know we're not going to die. And all of a sudden you become unconsciously competent. You know what you can eat. You know what doesn't make you feel good. You know that if you eat the protein first, you can stack your food and slow down the blood sugar response. And then you become, then there's the other steps of where you become unconsciously competent. So this is a process that sometimes you'll have to cycle. And that's okay. And knowing that when you fall off, you can go, okay, that's all right. I'm consciously competent. Now I'm going to make good choices. Whereas when you're unconsciously competent, you just don't have to think about it anymore. So what am I going to get for a snack? Actually, you know what? I'm not hungry. It's fine. I've got this. And I want to teach you a technique called the if and then technique for when you fall off, because you will. Our bodies are programmed. We get up in the morning. We get out of bed the same way. We might go to the loo, we go and we get a drink of water or a coffee or whatever. So making, the, making those habits or using those habits that we're on autopilot. How often do you have to think about getting dressed? Like you don't have to think about how to put a shirt on. You might have to think about what to wear or if there's any clean washing, but you, you just do it. It's like breathing. You wear an autopilot, you brush your teeth the same way. And then all of a sudden you might have a hole in your tooth and you're like, oh, wow, you, you, you actually have to take a bit more care. So now you have to think about it. So back to consciously incompetent. So we're massively creatures of habit. If we change our habits, we have to think about it. And you've heard the adage 21 days to make a habit. It's actually more like two months, three months. 
because we need to go through those stages of Maslow's steps. And so critically, not beating yourself up when that habit doesn't happen is important. We know about the cortisol spike and the insulin spike. If you are, for example, diabetic one and you are very, 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 very stressed, you might need more insulin. So it's exactly the same kind of thing. Now, if something happens, if a red light, we're driving to work, if the red light comes on, we know to stop. So if A happens, then we do B. This is how we live. Our brain loves routine, it loves repetition, and it takes external cue. That's just an example. If we go out to dinner and we eat chips, we, have, we feel guilty. We're undoing 40, 50 years' worth of guilt cycle. And so practising not being guilty about that is really important and making some new routines, making some new choices. So the if and when technique builds new associations. So you build new neural pathways. So that is really cool. And one of the things that keto does is clearing up your brain and your your zippy bits. You are making new neural pathways and your brain becomes neuroplastic. So it's called neuroplasticity. And it's where your brain goes and it makes new connections. It's so cool. So an if-then statement breaks the old associations and creates new ones. I'll give you a little bit more of the reason. If you think about the issue, I eat chocolate after dinner. I'm not saying that's bad as long as it's dark chocolate. So the issue is we we eat chocolate after dinner. The resolution could go to dark chocolate. That's guilt-free. So, and then we're going to use the stop technique. Okay, stop. What happens if I go back and eat the normal chocolate? My alternative is dark chocolate. What if I chose to do that? So let me put it together for you. I really feel like some chocolate tonight. If I have normal chocolate, I'm going to spike my blood sugar and I fall off my wagon. If I have some dark chocolate, that's going to allow me to feel satisfied and guilt-free. What if I did that? So does that make sense? We find the story that's leading to the response. In other words, if I eat that chocolate, I'm going to have a guilt response. I'm going to have a guilt cycle and I'm going to sabotage myself. Identifying the new story is, but I can have dark chocolate late at night. Yes, indeed, I can. And then we're creating an if and then statement. Let me give you another example. I really said I was going to do some exercise and I'm feeling really guilty because I haven't done any exercise. So there's my stimulus, there's my story. I really should do some exercise. Actually, you know what? What if right now I went outside and I cut some of the, I did some of the pruning that I needed to do? If I make that choice, then I don't need to feel guilty because I've moved my body. The next step to that, and I'm just giving you examples, you will know what your stumble point is, or you may not, but you'll know when you find it. Maybe it's wine. I know there's a few of you here that love wine or alcohol. Here's one for you around wine. I love wine. 
I feel like I probably shouldn't have it because I know it's going to sabotage my journey. But if I added some soda water to it, I could have that and not worry about it. And I could have some protein first to slow the uptake. Next time I will choose to do this. And then you repeat it to yourself over and 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 over. When you're lying in bed at night and you've turned the light off and your eyes are closed, that's when you need to be thinking about your stumble points and coming up with a new plan. And what you've done by doing this and repeating and repeating and repeating is you've actually rewired your pathways. So we're talking about making better choices. Let's say I'm beating myself, I'm going, I really should behave. Okay, well, hang on a minute, what does that look like to me? Okay, well, maybe I should eat better. So let's change the behave, which is a behaviour, and go, okay, so I'm going to make a choice to eat better. If I'm going to a party or something, I might say something like, well, there's going to be sabotage choices, sabotaging choices. What if I take some good choices to this party? That's easy, right? Take a platter. So hopefully you're getting the idea. The supermarket aisle, I know the cereal is going to call me. And so I'm going to check the nutritional labels and make better choices. If I feel like snacking when I'm watching TV, then I'm going to have alternatives that I level in my fridge. Alternatives might look like cheese and salami and crackers or, well, probably not crackers. You can use the if and then example with walking, fasting, alcohol, guilt and self-sabotage. So you can rewire your brain with all of these things. And I've just chosen this top five because I know that these are the things that people stumble over. I, I can't fast. Push it out. If I, if I push my fasting out 10 minutes a day, then I can learn and teach my body that it's okay without food. Some keys for you. If you aren't hungry, do not eat. Your body is burning you. When you stress, you put yourself into storage mode. So having a troubleshoot around stress and looking at your stress response super important. Sleep, a massive, massive key. If you are not sleeping well, your body can't defrag you. Your brain sorts out the filing cabinet and makes those new pathways during sleep. Not to mention that if you don't sleep well, you are tired and you are craving and your body is looking for fast energy. And so that will, that'll shoot you in the foot as well. And then movement. Go for a walk. I, as you know, I'm not a big believer in massive amounts of exercise. I do believe in getting dopamine through walking and building muscle because muscle, as we know, A, burns more fat of yours because it's a higher metabolic rate, but it also means that you're going to be able to catch yourself if you trip over. And especially as we age, we're not quite as quick. You'll find that the longer you do this, the better you get at all these keys. So if and then doesn't mean you're going to actually succeed, but nothing else does either. This is all about you. And it's all about the way you can modify small parts of you in order to increase your chances of success. Making all those tiny little modifications means that there's no wagon to actually fall off. You ate a chip. 
So what? doesn't matter. Eat the protein and the healthy fat tomorrow. Back on. But don't let 24 hours or don't let a one meal turn into four months because that doesn't achieve your goals, does it? So once again, um, hopefully you are feeling good energy. So let's quickly talk about eating out because that can often be a challenge. We are surrounded by carbs. We're surrounded by sugar. It's a dollar a kilo. And so it's very cheap. And crappy oils are as well. So we're surrounded by crappy oils as well because that's kind of what happened when our food ball changed. So when we go out to dinner, they're always served with chips. I love chips. When we go out to dinner, there's always potatoes. When we go out to dinner, the the hamburgers are in buns. When we go to the shops, there are donuts. You know, white bread is a dollar, a loaf. And so you think if they can sell all this stuff for a dollar, a loaf, for example, what nutritional value is in there? Not much. Just quick, fast burn energy like twigs on a fire. And so we burn through that really fast. And then, of course, you're hungry. When you're eating out, the easiest way is just to avoid your carbs. Have your carbs in your vegetables. So don't cut out a whole food group. Have your carbs in your veggies. Have your carbs in your dressings. Like those are great places if you still want to have carbohydrates. But I'll guarantee you, if you eat the protein first, you won't feel like eating as many of the chips as you would have before this lifestyle. You've got control of your hormones now. You've got control of your blood sugar now. When you're eating out, order the hamburger without the sauce and without the bun. Often I'll just order sides. So I'll order eggs, halloumi, avocado, bacon, all of that sort of stuff. And Mark and I were just having a conversation about people changing orders today. She goes, no, he's a chef. And he was rolling his eyes like, ah. And, you know, the temptation is for us to, you know, um, be embarrassed to make those changes because of how we think people are going to perceive it. And, you know, I must have apologised 800 times at the beginning of this journey going, oh, could you take the bun off? I'm sorry. And, they, you know, they look at you like you're slightly mad. They're getting more and more used to this. Ask for it to be served on the side. Eat the protein first, so eat the patty first. Other good choices would be fish, like any of your fishes, like salmon. Treat yourself to some beautiful Atlantic salmon and some veggies and ask for them to be served with butter and dressings on the side so you can have a look at them. In general, your creamy dressings are going to be okay. It's the tomato sauce, the relish, the barbecue sauce that are going to be massively, massively full of sugars, and you want to be just minimising those breads and potatoes. A steak with veggies. Get somebody to cook the most beautiful steak for you. Have a look at the menus before you go. If you're really worried, you can pull most menus up online and have a look at it. Chinese, here's saboteur if I ever saw one because the Chinese use a lot of sugars um, for the sweet and sours and all those sorts of things and a lot of the stuff is deep fried so you've got a double whammy. Um, India is possibly a better choice. American is great, just take the carbs off. Go to Hog's Breath, get a beautiful steak, get the Bernays sauce, avocado on top, you know, and, and just have a couple of chips. Don't deprive yourself. Have your protein first or 
you can just go, well, bugger it all. I'm going to eat it and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to say that you might feel a bit crook afterwards if you do that. And if you feel a bit ill after having breads, potatoes, carbohydrates, what's happening is your blood sugar spiking. Because you have become metabolically flexible, you're insulin sensitive. So what that means is if you aren't a diabetic one, if you are making your own insulin, your body spikes it and it's to clear out all that blood sugar fast. So you're not going to feel great. And, and some of you have said that you can feel that. That is one of your benchmarks. If you haven't felt it yet, don't panic. And so if you are going to go, well, bugger it, I'm going to go to an Italian restaurant and I'm going to have the most beautiful pasta. You know what? Do it and enjoy it. Be prepared for the spike the next day of when you've burnt through all the glucose and glycogen and you're hungry. Have a plan to troubleshoot that. And that plan might involve drinking a lot of water, eating healthy fats, eating more proteins until you can get through that uh, glycogen spike. If you've got ketones, you can use these. So if you've actually got some, you're very lucky because you can drink these before you go out to dinner, drink a half or a quarter, and you'll find you'll have willpower in spades. Or you can use them the next day to get ketones back into your body and cut the cravings. So that's how you use ketones. At the end of the day, they are a tool. They're a tool that you can drink ketones and have ketones in your system if you bugger up, or you can use them to amplify a normal, like your keto results. So there is actually studies that ketones, drinking them, the good quality ones, are as effective as a keto diet, but you still need to lower that blood sugar. That's the key. Let's talk about no wagon to fall off. 